0: I spend a lot of time thinking about why so many solo and small firm lawyers are unhappy. There's a big push in the legal profession right now, and and elsewhere as well, around mental health and happiness in your practice. Because there are a lot of lawyers right now that are not happy in their current practices, and you may in fact be one of them. A lot of the mental health and burnout talk centers around working long hours, some of which is driven by lawyers typically being high achievers and so always looking to achieve and and this is definitely a problem many lawyers face but another side of this that isn't getting much attention is on those lawyers who push themselves yet never feel a sense of accomplishment because they don't allow themselves to achieve their goals that is what i want to talk about today in this episode stay tuned i'm brad miller And this podcast will help you transform your law practice through deliberate design, core business competency, mental mastery, and powerful positioning so that you can have a practice that gives you the life you want, not a life that is the mercy of your practice. If you want to stop struggling, spend more time with your family, live a life of abundance, and make a difference in the lives of your clients, then this podcast is for you. Welcome to the New Modern Lawyer Podcast. A couple of weeks ago, someone did a post on LinkedIn about lawyers as overachievers and why the constant drive to achieve more and more often causes us to push ourselves. And ultimately, this ends up in burnout and unhappiness with lawyers. And I commented uh, on this post that, you know, sometimes lawyers are unhappy because we keep moving out the goalposts, and so we really never get a sense of achievement. When we feel like but we don't feel like we're accomplishing anything, that's oftentimes when we get sad and depressed, and maybe we decide to leave the practice of law entirely and do something else. And the post made me realize that this is probably a topic that many lawyers face, and so it'd be good to do a, a podcast episode here on. So when I say keep moving the goalposts, what do I mean by that? Well, when I was a kid, I remember uh playing around with some of the neighborhood kids and I was one of the youngest kids in the neighborhood and that usually meant that whenever we did a running race or we raced bikes because I was the youngest kid I was usually also the slowest you know the other kids were bigger than me they were faster than me and and so they tended to win the races so what I would do is you know, we would set out. You know, we're racing. We're riding our bikes from here to this point, let's say, and we get going. We'd be racing, and we get close to the to the, uh, the finish line. And what I would say is, is you know, actually no, we're racing to the other part. And I would try to keep going and try to use that extra time to beat uh, the neighbor, the kids, whoever it was that I was racing against. You know, or if we'd be doing a running race, and we're trying to run to a tree and back, let's say. Um, You know, as we were running, you know, as the other person was getting there and going to beat me, just before they do that, I would change the rules. I would say, actually, no, we're not running to the tree and back. We're running to the tree, then we're over to the garage, then we're going to touch the car, back over to this other tree, and then we're going to come back here and finish, you know. I was trying to give myself a chance to win. You know, I saw that I was about ready to lose. I was about ready to not hit my goal with, you know, whatever it might be. And so I was changing mid game. What the objective was what we were trying to get to. Right. And you know, this is, you know, moving the goalposts, changing the objectives. And typically this is something done by the person who's losing. You know, you want to give yourself a chance to win or an advantage, you know, which again, that was what my case was. You know, when I was younger; that I was trying to change the rules of where we were the finish line actually was, or what you had to do to win, in order to give myself some sort of an advantage or an extra chance to win that I may otherwise not have, right? And my daughter currently, she's six right now. She does this exact same thing with with games and things like that that we play. You know, she's kind of in the stage right now where she's starting to pick up on a lot of board games, and if she starts finding that she doesn't lose, she's not winning, that she's going to be ready to lose, sometimes she'll change the rules in the middle of the game. And if you had kids, you probably ran into the same thing. Or, you know, we'll play a game, and she'll lose, and then she'll decide, no, it was actually best out of three. So, you know, we have to play again. And then if she loses again, actually, I mean, it was best out of five. You know, and so she'll try to keep playing it, and so she has a chance to actually win. And so this is... You know what we talk about when we say moving the goalposts, but it's not limited to sports or games. You know, moving the goalposts can be used in any situation. So let's say that you have a boss or a law firm partner, and they give you a project they want you to accomplish, and it's a, it's a research project, let's say, and they give you a week to get it done. They want you know it's a Monday morning, they present you with this um, project they want you to accomplish, and they say. Friday more you know, by the end of the day on Friday, you know, we want you to have give this to us. And you get close to Friday, you know, let's say it's Thursday evening or maybe even Friday morning, you know, and the project is done and you're getting really close to being done. And all of a sudden, the boss or the partner, whoever it was, comes in and says, how's it going? You know, how's your, your project going? Is it doing well? Yeah, yeah, it's going all right. That's great. So um, it turns out actually that rather than having you review or you know research this point we actually need you to do research something a little different uh, you know and so you have now been working for four you know almost five days on this and now all of a sudden you find out that you need to do something different you know maybe it's a little different maybe it's just a different angle you're supposed to be taking on it uh, different approach or maybe it's a big difference. Maybe it's a completely different strategy that they've decided to implement, and now you have to completely turn, change gears, and and do something different to be able to 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 finish this project that they gave you. You know, so this it also happens in in real life as well, and we do the same thing to ourselves. It's not just something that people do, you know, to us or that we necessarily do to somebody else, but we can do the same things to our own self. When we change the goals or the objectives that we have set for ourselves, so as you're a lawyer, you may have annual revenue goals that you uh, come up with. You know, oftentimes, you know, the towards the end of the year, you know, December, um, and usually it's kind of that, that that week between Christmas and January is when a lot of law firms tend to do this. But you may sit down and you come up with your plans, you know, your projections and things like that for the new year. And you'll go through and you'll figure out, all right, I made, you know, $100,000 in this, this, this past year here. So this, you know, so the, the coming year up, so starting January, my goal is to maybe get more $120,000, let's say. Okay. So you set your goals, you, you, you figure out what you want to make and, and let's say you're doing great. You know, you've been bringing a lot of work, um, Things have been going well. Revenue's coming in; it's flowing very, very easily. And you find it's October, and you're already about ready to hit that goal of $125,000. You know, maybe you are at $122,000, and you know that you've got a couple uh, cases that are getting ready to wrap up. And when they do, the fees will push you over that amount. But see, it's you know it's getting ready to be October, and you still have three months yet, and so you you have this feeling like I've still got three months. Like, what am I going to do this last three months? Right, and so you say, "All right, we're not going to make it one hundred twenty-five thousand. We're going to make it a hundred and thirty thousand. Okay. 130,000, you know, it's it's a little bit of a stretch, but still based on your projections it's still totally doable. Or maybe even 135 or 40, you know, whatever it might be, something that's kind of reasonable. And that's fine when you do it this way, right? Because what you're trying to do is you're giving yourself something to strive for. You're saying, you know what, I'm going to hit that goal. I set the $125,000 revenue goal for myself for this year, and I'm going to accomplish it here early. I have extra time, so rather than just take the last three months off, I'm going to set a new goal, push it out a little bit further, and see if I can accomplish even more, right? So when you do it that way, that's good, right? Because you're giving yourself something to go after, to keep on pushing forward. The problem comes is when you give yourself this new goal and it is not in alignment with what you've been doing. So if you're really hit $125,000 and all of a sudden you decide, you know what, this annual goal, it wasn't $21,25. Actually, for this year, we were trying to hit $200,000. Right? Now that's a big difference, You know, $125,000 to now $200,000. You're saying you're looking to get $75,000 in the next three months. And unless you have work, that you have that's going to be paying you that kind of money in those next three months you know that's you know that, that's a goal that you know you might not be able to hit and so this again it comes to the problem when you're reaching, putting these goals out and it's something that you can't really hit you know that you know if objectively speaking if someone would come through they would say that's not a very realistic goal right or it's also an issue if maybe you don't even celebrate so you you hit the 20 the 125 but rather than congratulating yourself for saying hey you know what you know we made the 125 we got it 3 months early that's awesome we did a great job let's celebrate you know that before and you know and then let's for the last 3 months see if we can bring in another $25,000 you know rather than doing that if you don't celebrate at all you just simply say well 125, nope, that wasn't ever a thing. It was really supposed to be 200 or even 150 or whatever. But you don't take the time to celebrate hitting that original goal. So really what you're doing in this case is you're pushing things out. You are moving the goalposts, as it were, before you reach them. So what happens is you never actually reach that goal. And some people, particularly lawyers, are in the habit of doing this to themselves. Right? You either never reach the goal... Because you keep on pushing it further and further away, and so when you get close, you just push it a little bit further, and you get close to it, and you push it further, or you s- minimize the accomplishment of when you do uh, achieve your goal before you set a higher one, so you don't recognize, you don't celebrate the fact that hey, you know what, one twenty-five was pretty good compared to last year, you know, and to do this in the first three months, that you know the first uh, the first nine months with three months remaining, that was really good, you know, before even Uh, You know, doing that, you kind of minimize that accomplishment. You know, in this case, I mean, it's sort of like you're playing keep away with yourself, you know, pushing the goal further away so you never reach it, you know. Kind of the same thing that I do sometimes with my daughter when we're playing, um, when you're playing ball, you do with the kids maybe, where you throw the ball back and forth to each other. And, you know, maybe you have a kid trying to jump up and steal the ball and you wait till they get really close. You kind of tease them with it and just before they're ready to get it, you throw it so they can't get it. And then they chase after it to the other person and just before they're ready to get it, you throw it again or you do it with a soccer ball or kicking or whatever it might be. But you're playing keep away. And that's kind of what you do here when you keep pushing away these goals further and further right before you get to it so that you never really get to it. And the result is when you do this that you never get that sense of accomplishment. You know, the goals that you do get you minimize them, you know, which basically is telling yourself that it maybe it didn't count. You weren't worth. It wasn't worth it. You know, you weren't satisfied. You know, you're always looking for more. You know, and I'm sure that you know what it feels like when you don't hit goals, right? We've all had goals that we've set for ourselves we don't hit. Maybe you feel disappointed, sad, demoralized, even embarrassed that you weren't able to hit these goals that you set, especially if that's something that you profess publicly and other people know about. And for some lawyers, this is what they feel constantly. You know, they keep on pushing out those goals. They never hit them. So they're always lacking that satisfaction. They always are feeling disappointed, sad, sad, demoralized, embarrassed, depressed. You know, so it's it's no wonder that there's issues that they don't like their law practice, or maybe they have mental health or substance abuse issues, right? So the question I think that, that comes to my mind, and you probably have too, is well, why would somebody do this to themselves, right? Why why would you keep moving the goalposts and live in this constant state of disappointment if it's puts you in such a bad negative place, right? Well, for many people, it goes back to their parents and their childhood. When you were born, you are basically a blank slate, right? You've got nothing. You come out, and there's, it's nothing. And then for the first seven, eight years of your life, everything that you see and hear makes an impression upon you, kind of like a, a video recorder. You know, everything that you see, everything you hear kind of comes and imprints on you. And all the experiences that you have as a child, those shape you along with these impressions that you get. And so, for many high achieving people, and of what many lawyers are high achieving people, you are high achieving. And a big part of it is because your parents pushed you likely towards achievement, right? They were constantly talking about how the importance of. Things like getting good grades, of getting into a good college, what that meant for your future, you know, making being able to make a good income, you know, and they're always trying to focus on the next thing and the next thing and pushing you forward, you know, they're probably rewarded every time you had achievement. You know, maybe they gave you, you know, is it for grades? Uh, I know a lot of parents, they will give their kids money. You know, if you get an A, you get $5, you know, something like that. Or maybe it was just praise, you know, like, "Hey, congratulations! You know, you got, uh, you got all A's on your report card, or you got accepted into this school or that school." You know, and all the kind of just kind of the oral praise sometimes is what they would give. Or your parents, maybe they showed their disappointment, and they really focused on negative things when you didn't achieve. You know, when you didn't get all the A's, they let you know just how disappointed they were and just how much that meant it was going to be that much harder for you to get into a really good school because the people who get into really good schools they don't get a minuses they don't get Bs they get straight As they're in all kinds of different activities and have all kinds of honors behind their names you know and if you want to be able to get into that good school to be able to have the good grade you know the good uh, job and and make the money and all that kind of stuff afterwards you need to have those a's and you didn't this time, so what are you gonna do about that you know and and really pushing those negative things like that on you right and the focus this always achieving things many lawyers have carried this into adulthood like this is why you are high achieving is because your parents impose this thing. They they taught you how important achieving is, and so you brought that with you, you into your adulthood. You now believe or feel that it's very important to achieve. So in your legal career, you're always pushing yourselves, which again can be a good thing. You know when it causes you to you know get positive things, to make differences, to grow your practice, to You know, make partner, whatever those things that you really want to accomplish and achieve. But it also can be very harmful when you push yourself to exhaustion, whether that's physical exhaustion, mental or emotional exhaustion, or when you keep pushing and pushing, but you're never satisfied with your accomplishments. So you push harder and even harder and you still Happy, you aren't satisfied with what you get, and so you start getting to this big unhealthy cycle of pushing and never getting satisfied when you hit goals and pushing farther. So you need something new. Well, if you know this level doesn't get me satisfied, then maybe if I do some more, I'll get satisfied. And when that doesn't, you get pushing. It's just big, big loop that you get into. There are also people out there, lawyers, whose parents had such high expectations that they could never meet them you know students who you know kids who legitimately were B B plus students like that was you know based on on you know intelligence levels or whatever you want to say that you know the way they take tests I don't know whatever but that's kind of what they would do that was where their level was right but their parents had these expectations that you've got to get a's you got to get a's you got to get A's. You know, you got to do this if you want to get into this top schools and all this. And, you know, the kid as a kid, you felt this you, you, like you couldn't ever accomplish what you your expectations, your parents had. And so now as your adult, you don't feel that you're worthy or good enough to have success because you couldn't have it prior to that. Right. You know, when you were a kid, you were not able to get success. And so now as an adult, you kind of keep that. Well, I can't achieve it. I'm not good enough to get these things, to to get the high level, to get the big firm jobs. Like I have to settle for for this and that, whatever. And sometimes again lawyers like that when you have these feelings, you keep moving the goalposts because that way you'd never accomplish those goals. Right? If you keep pushing going back to the revenue goals an example, if you say, well, you know what 125,000 is good, but really I should really be making $175,000 every year. You know, you know, if I want to really be a good lawyer, successful law office, law practice owner, I need to be making at least 175,000, right? And you keep pushing that and you get close to that. And well, you know what? If you're not making at least 200000 that you're not really successful as a lawyer or in running your law practice. And you keep pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. And you do that because every time that you don't hit that goal, this is confirming to you that you aren't worthy, that you're not good enough, right? It, 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 essentially, what you end up doing is you self-sabotage yourself. Because every time that you don't meet your goals, you prove what you're feeling about yourselves, that you're not worthy to achieve those goals. Right? And again, we're talking about cycles here. Is another cycle of, I can't hit the goal, so I'm not worthy. And, and and because I'm not worthy, it affects me to be able to hit those goals and back and forth and, and, and over and over again. Now, speaking of self-sabotage, there are some people who actually don't identify, don't have the identity of someone who can achieve. Or maybe they have the identity of somebody who can't or who doesn't achieve things. You know, now, your identity is essentially how you think about yourself. So it's part of our subconscious, meaning it's not part of the logical thinking brain that we have. You know, the, the part that you, know, has, you use when you're solving problems and things but it's really important and and we actually think and act generally in accordance with our identity. An example is if you have an identity as a non-smoker, it is very difficult for you to smoke, right? Because you're in your in your subconscious mind, you don't see yourself, you don't identify as a smoker. And so why would you go and smoke a cigarette, right? Versus if you have the identity of a smoker, then You see yourself as someone who does smoke a cigarette, right? So it's very easy to smoke a cigarette. In fact, it's hard not to smoke a cigarette. You know, and it's actually one of the reasons why people have such a hard time with addictions like smoking, is you know, kicking it is because they don't work on the identity part. They just try to work on the habit of, you know, maybe buying a pack of cigarettes or, you know, opening one up or whatever. But they don't actually work on at the identity level of being a smoker versus a non-smoker. And if they were a non-smoker, then smoking cigarettes just isn't something that they would do. And it would be difficult for them to do. But that's another that's another topic for another episode. But there are some lawyers out there who don't have the identity as someone who's able to achieve their goals. right? So for them, it's very difficult to achieve goals because they don't see themselves as someone who does it. right? And when that's the case... Your brain will actually take steps. You know, It will sabotage you to keep you from achieving your goals so that your actions, then failing to achieve, conforms with the identity that you can't or that you don't achieve your goals, right? So there, this is something that, again, there are people out there, and it sounds crazy, I know, but there are some people who at the identity level don't see themselves as someone who is able to achieve things. And because of that, their brain keeps them from actually being able to achieve things. And, you know, and one way to do that, continue to move the goal, so that you never actually are able to achieve those goals. Keep on pushing something new and new and new and new. There are also some people out there who uh, are afraid of what actually will happen when they hit that goal. So you may or may not know uh, James Wedmore. James is um, an online entrepreneur. He works with people who are trying to, to, to start and run online businesses. And James, um, on a podcast episode that he was on, talked about one of his experiences when he first started in business. You know, he had been very um, unsuccessful. He was, had no money, was living paycheck to paycheck. And so he told himself something like if he once he hit, you know, two hundred thousand dollars of revenue, then he would be set. Like that was that was the end all that was the goal, right? So when I hit two hundred thousand, that's that I'm I'm I've made it, basically. And at some point he found uh the product or a service or something that he was doing, and he he hit that threshold. He hit the two hundred thousand dollar threshold. And in the podcast he explained that you know he hit that and he found himself in going into depression. And at first he couldn't figure out why he was depressed. Like he had just hit that goal that he had been pushing for and striving for, for for several years. You know, why was he feeling down, depressed, sad about it? And he came to realize that he was sad and depressed because once he hit that goal he had expected some feeling of euphoria, you know. He expected like the, the the clouds to open and the sun to shine and rainbows and unicorns and all like you know things must be really great once they hit that. And what he found out is that when he did hit that goal, none of that was there. So he was actually disappointed when he hit that goal. And a lot of people are that same way when it comes to to hit goals that they've hit. You know, they set themselves something, and they hold it at such a high standard that this is like the greatest thing ever. Once I hit this, I'm going to be in, like everything, all my problems and life will be over. All this kind of stuff, and then they do make it, and it doesn't solve those problems. It's not the greatest thing ever. It doesn't make them happy. You know, they don't feel this sense of euphoria that they expected to see. And sometimes, when you have ex- past experiences like this, where you were disappointed or empty or there was a negative feeling that came with achieving this goal, you actually can can start to associate meeting goals with those negative feelings. Now, how does this work? So, as humans, we like to avoid pain, right? Pleasure is good. Pain is bad. So, what we want to do is we start feeling pain. We want to make it go away or we want to take steps to avoid things that we know will cause us pain. So, like you know, let's think bee stings, you know, if you know the bee stings hurt. So when you see bees, your brain, you know, you want to try to stay away from bees because you want to try to avoid that pain. Right. So uh, i to, to avoid the, this pain. What our brain will do is it makes a note. And if we have some negative feelings, some pain, when we, um, Meet a goal. Our brain makes this note and says, "Hey, whenever you accomplish something, whenever you hitting a goal, whenever you know you achieve something you've set out to do, it's not a good thing. Like it's not pleasurable. It's not happiness, euphoria. It's pain. It's negative. It's disappointment, sadness, and and we don't like that. You know, we we would avoid that. You know, um, and so what the brain will do is it actually will put up roadblocks. You know, what we know is fear." To try to keep us out of those situations, you know. So again, your brain, you know, you get stung by a bee, and your brain says, "We want to avoid getting stung because that hurt." So your brain starts saying, "Whenever you see bees, you need to be afraid of that bee because it could sting you. You need to stay away from it." You know, or maybe it was a dog. Maybe, it, you know, at some point in your life you had been bitten by a dog, and so your brain now says, "Dogs are bad. Dogs could bite you. That's pain. That hurts." We need to stay away from that. So whenever you, you know, we need to be afraid of dogs. You know, stay away from that. Avoid that pain, right? What our brain is just doing its job to keep us safe. This is what it's meant to do—to keep us safe, to keep us happy, to have us avoid pain. But what it's doing here is keeping us from actually being able to accomplish our goals now, because it's telling us that that pain—that accomplishing thing—is bad, and so we should be staying away. We should be afraid and because so we're not able to actually accomplish anything right we've got this complex and it's a bad thing it's a fear thing and and so there are there are people out there who actually have this fear of accomplishing things because their brain tells them that accomplishing things will cause pain it will cause negative feelings negative emotions sadness depression or whatnot so we want to stay away from it right? So the purpose of this episode, obviously, I'm not a counselor. I, you know, I'm not a psychologist or anything. But the purpose of this episode really is just to bring you some awareness. You know, if you are unhappy or even depressed with your law practice, it could be because you keep pushing out your goals, pushing and pushing them out further, so that you never ever accomplish them. And if that is an issue, you know, I hope hopefully you are able to find someone to help you work through it, whether that be through coaching, hypnosis can be very useful for that, or, you know, you may need to even look into some psychotherapy or other counseling like that, because until you're able to work through your resistance to achieving goals, you're going to keep being unhappy, depressed, depressed disappointed, disillusioned, all these other things that begin with d and that don't begin with d, you know, with your practice. No matter how otherwise perfect of a law practice you're able to design or have for yourself, you're not going to enjoy it. Right. So really that's that's our takeaway for today. It's just to be aware that if you do have unhappiness or negative feelings toward your law practice, it could be the result of moving your goals of always moving these goalposts before you ever cross that line, and able to accomplish those things you're setting out to do. And if that's the case, uh, you know, hopefully you're able to recognize that and start taking some steps to work through that those issues, so that you can, you know, start to have accomplishments and achievements for those goals. Appreciate you so much. Thank you again for listening, as always, and I will talk to you on the next episode.